This is Smart Consulting Sourcing, the only podcast about consulting procurement or how to buy consulting services. You'll get tips on how to use consulting, buy consulting, and managing the consulting. And now your host, Ellen Lafitte. Welcome back to Smart Consulting Sourcing, the ultimate podcast for insight into the world of consulting procurement. My name is Hélène and I am your host. And today we will discuss about asymmetrical information. We'll first understand what it means and then delve deep into the topic. But before we do that, let me give you a brief recap of what we talked about in the previous episode. So consulting is inherently unique and strategic, capable of significantly enhancing your business value. However, its intangible nature complicates project scoping, value measurement, and negotiation. So the key to navigating these challenges is to introduce structured processes in a thoughtful way, allowing you to leverage the full benefits of consulting services without compromising the need for creativity and flexibility. However, there's a personal and emotional dimension to consider. Your internal stakeholders may form personal relationship with their consultants. This adds another layer of complexity requiring a delicate balance in managing these relationships carefully to ensure they don't cloud judgment or decision-making. Acknowledging and addressing this emotional component is crucial in maintaining objectivity and maximizing the value of your consulting engagements. Striking this balance between process discipline, flexibility, and emotional intelligence is a demanding yet vital exercise for optimizing consulting outcomes. So if you missed our latest episode, don't worry. You can dive into our rich discussions anytime on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and whatnot. And for a deeper dive into the consulting universe, check out consultingquest.com. You can find there a wealth of knowledge with our white papers, ebooks, and podcast transcripts that I hope will enlighten you and inspire you. So remember to spread these nuggets of wisdom with your network and leave us a review. Uh, your feedback really fills our passions to continue bringing you our top tier content. Plus, we've got some exciting hands-on workshops lined up covering everything from mastering negotiation with consulting firm to crafting effective RFPs. So if you're interested in joining, you can reach out to hcl at consultingquest.com. Now, back to today's discussion. And here's where it gets a little tricky. You know, this week, this topic is the curveball of the game, and that is asymmetrical information. So let's jump straight into it. Now, what is that fancy word term all about? And why does it make it measuring value and negotiating even harder for you, the client? So now imagine you're out shopping for a computer. You want something that can handle your math and Netflix sessions or end your last minute work presentations without breaking a sweat. Uh, I mean, if you're like me, but beyond that, you're in the dark, you know, the salesperson, however, know the ins and outs of every model on display. This mismatch in knowledge, that's symmetrical information at its finest. So in the simplest terms, asymmetrical information occurs when one party in a transaction has more or better information than the other. 
And in the great marketplace of life, this imbalance can tilt the scales, you know, affecting not just the price, but also the quality of goods and services that are exchanged. Now think about it. When sellers know more than product about product than buyers, they can easily mask deficiencies and overstate the value, leading to decisions that aren't in the best interest of the buyer. This imbalance can skew the market, sometimes causing it to fail entirely. Why? Because trust erodes, and with it, the willingness of buyers to take risks on what they don't fully understand. Now let's parallel this into the consulting industry. Consulting services, by their nature, are complex and often tailored to the specific needs of the business. This systemization adds a layer of ambiguity in evaluating these services. Clients know they need help to solve a problem or improve their business, but deciphering which consulting firm offers the best solutions is where the challenge lies. Information about the effectiveness, approach, and true value of the services remain predominantly with the consulting firms. So remember our computer shopping analogy? Now think about it. When you're in the market for a new TV, how do you navigate the myriad of models and specs and features? If you're like me, and probably many others, you turn to comparison sites and sift through client feedback. This is your flashlight in the dark. You know, you're cutting through the fog of asymmetrical information. Why? Because these resources offer some unbiased information and look into the experience of others who were once in your shoes, making it a tad easier to compare apples to apples, or in this case, pixels to pixels. This approach to breaking down asymmetrical information is exactly what's missing in the consulting industry. Clients are trying to make informed decisions with incomplete information, leading to potential mismatches between their needs and the consulting services procured. You know, the lack of transparent and biased information can result in clients either overspending for services they don't need or underspending on and not getting the results they offer. So the stakes are high and the cost of a misstep isn't just financial, it can impact strategic outcomes and operational efficiency. So we can't avoid a bit of theory this time. You know, asymmetrical information isn't just an academic term thrown around in economic classes. It's a concept so crucial that it was recognized with a Nobel Prize. Yes, you heard that right. A Nobel Prize in economics was awarded for delving into information imbalances and how they can seriously skew market outcomes. You know, as I explained earlier, the concept revolves around situation when one party in a transaction has more or better information than the other. This imbalance can lead to adverse selection where products of lower quality, also called the lemons, dominate the market because buyers cannot accurately assess their value. Now, George, Article of seminal work, The Market for Lemon, fundamentally changes how we view market transactions, especially under conditions of asymmetrical information. At the heart of Article of Analysis is the used car market, an example that brilliantly illustrates the concept and its consequences. So let me break down the theory using the very scenario Article of used to bring this concept to life. Imagine you in the market to buy a used car. There are two types of car available, right? Good quality cars, which we'll call peaches, and bad quality cars that we will call lemons. So the seller knows which car are lemons and which are peaches. 
But as a buyer, you don't have that information. So all you see is a range of used cars with no sure way to distinguish the good from the bad. In this scenario, because of the risk of buying a lemon, you're likely to offer a price that reflects the average quality of the cars in the market. And this price is somewhat somewhere between what you'd pay for a lemon and what you'd pay for a peach. But here was the problem intensifies. Sellers of peaches, you know, the good cars, know that the cars are worth more than an average price buyers are willing to pay. So they're not willing to say at this lower price. So they withdraw from the market. This leaves a higher proportion of lemons, which further lowers the average quality of cars and consequently the price beer buyers are willing to pay. So it becomes a vicious cycle where eventually the market is flooded with lemons and the high quality goods are driven out. So Akelov's insight into the used car market reveals a fundamental issue in markets when one party has more information than the other. This imbalance can lead to a market failure when high quality goods are underrepresented or entirely absent. So the crux of the problem is trust or rather the lack of it, right? So when buyers can distinguish between high and low quality, they adjust their willingness to pay accordingly, which can disincentivize the sale of high quality products. And just like in the used car market, the consulting industry is fraught with asymmetrical information. Clients, that is the buyers, struggle to differentiate between high quality consulting firms, and the lower quality one, the limits. And without clear indicators of the firm's ability to deliver value, clients might hedge their bets, reluctant to invest heavily in services that could potentially be lemons. So this dynamic can lead to high quality consultants being undervalued or overlooked, mirroring the market failure Akalov described. Now, again, almost here, the chorus of skeptics out there saying, blah, 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 this is just theory. How can a theory about used car possibly apply to the refined world of consulting procurement with so much more sophisticated buyers than car buyers, right? Well, short answer, not really, you know. At first glance, comparing the procurement of consulting services to buying used car might seem like comparing apples to oranges, or should I say bitches to lemons? But, you know, bear with me sense of Akalov theory, the challenge of making informed decisions in the face of information asymmetry cuts across industries, touching even the high stakes world of consulting. We like to think as ourselves of ourselves as sophisticated buyers, especially when procuring services that can shape the future of a business. However, uh, regardless of our refined tastes or sharp business acumen, we're all navigating the same foggy market conditions when it comes to hiring consultants. Choosing consultants is the key to date, right? You hear great things, they look good on paper, you really don't know what they get you're getting into until you're too deep into the relationship. And the value, what consultants bring to the table, the quality, these aspects aren't easily assessed. So here's the kicker. There's no standard measure of quality in consulting, no universal performance metric to guide us. So in a world where picking under the hood isn't an option, what do buyers do? We risk adverse by nature and nobody wants to lose their job, right? So we take the easy route. We look for proxies of value. 
when reputation becomes our safety net, our shorthand for quality. After all, no one has ever been fired for hiring McKinsey. That's what they said. <laughs> but even this line of thinking is not aging well, right? So let's let's unpack this a bit. Well, it's true that partnering with renowned firms like McKinsey, BCG, Bain, Deloitte, and their peers can offer an air of credibility of professionals. It's not a foolproof strategy. Premium prices and a glooming reputation don't always equate to high quality. The crunch of the matter is the fit, the adequacy between your needs and the consulting firm's DNA. This alignment is far more complex than simply balancing price and reputation. Here in least the risk are you know, out of fear of venturing into the unknown, but it's stick with the incumbent consultants, gradually engaging them in projects that stray from their core competency. It's a little bit like ordering the same dish every time you visit a, a restaurant because you're too scared to try something new, even though there's a whole menu of potentially delightful options. And let me be clear, I have absolutely nothing against McKinsey or any other big name firm. You know, they, they do an excellent work within their core competency. The reality though, is that many consulting firms find themselves on the same hot seat. It's just that we don't hear as much about it. You know, what really matters in the end is finding that perfect match between your specific needs and consulting expertise. It's about looking beyond the shiny PowerPoint presentations and brand names, digging deeper into what they can actually deliver based on your unique challenges. So how do we navigate this complex landscape? And how do we ensure we're not just swayed by reputation, but are making informed decisions that aligns with our business goals? So these questions might be running through your mind, right? But unfortunately, with respect to time, we have to end to this episode here. But don't worry, because we'll cover the rest of it in next week's episode. So there you have it, folks. Asymmetrical information isn't just some fancy theory that snagged the Nobel Prize. It's a real deal phenomenon shaping the dynamics of power in negotiations. And let's be honest, in the consulting world, that power has traditionally been stickly in the consultant's corner. Watching for the big name firms often feels like the same bet, but it's more about playing safe than making a strategic choice, right? So what's the game plan for shifting this balance? How do we confidently partner with boutique consulting firms knowing we're still getting top-notch quality? That's a million-dollar question we'll be unpacking in next week's episode. Before we wrap up today, for those hungry for more insights onto this topic, swing by our website, consource.io. Be careful, it's consource.io. And check out the article called Four Things You Should Know about asymmetrical information in consulting in the resources section. So it's a quick read with, but packed with goodies. So looking forward, we're not done with this conversation. Next week, we pick up right where we left off, diving deeper into asymmetrical information and exploring strategies to interact with effects in the consulting world. We'll also delve into why performance measurement is such a crucial player in these scenarios. So do yourself a favor and join me next week you won't want to miss it. All right, then. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Your thought and feedback means the world to me. So don't hesitate to reach out on LinkedIn or via email at 
rachelpatconsultingquest.com. I'm always up for a chat. And if there's any topics you'd like to hear about in the future, send me, um, send them my way too. Can't wait to hear from you. You know, until next time, stay safe and keep up the smart consulting sourcing games. Au revoir for now and happy sourcing. You've been listening to Smart Consulting Sourcing, the only podcast about consulting procurement. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at consultingquest.com. Find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. For questions and comments, send an email to ellen.lafitte at consultingquest.com. See you next time.